And we're off. Uh, this is a special episode of One Night in Pinehurst. Um, joined by Maddie, as always. Alex needed to sit in for this to make sure that I don't get too excited because we have Broncos Insider, uh, Broncos Country Tonight host, uh, Ben Albright, Benjamin Albright. Um, he said he didn't care. And uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, we we really appreciate you taking some time to talk through both. We're not going to dive too deep into the Broncos, as I know that's everyone who listens. That's their their expectation but we really want to hear a lot more about like what happens how do you become an nfl insider what are the dynamics there so we want to dive into that a little bit tonight so ben thanks for the time tonight yeah guys uh, happy to be here appreciate you guys having me on sorry about uh, last week i had a little bit of a family emergency but uh, uh we're all good now so i'm uh yeah i'm looking forward to this all good we're glad we didn't scare you away too far Thanks for coming back. No, no, no worries at all. And uh, apologies, <laughs> I'm in the car. We're doing like a we're doing like a food drive, turkey drive thing for uh, uh, for needy families right now. So I stepped over to the company vehicle here to uh, to do this. No, that's great. It makes it even more uh, special on our end. It's even more exciting because it's like we're catching you in the middle. So it's uh, it's cool that you're doing that. It's cool that you took some time for us. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, 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 no worries. So before you you indulge me in, in Broncos takes and and thoughts. Um, wanted to kind of get a background, right? Like, you know, you're an NFL insider. Um, I know your path to journalism was a little bit different. Like we did our research, right? Um, I saw you went, you, you studied English, political science. Um, where, when did you decide like, Hey, I want to, I want to dive into journalism. I want to get into, uh, talking about sports, writing about sports specifically. I I didn't. Um, I I sort of like completely fell backwards into this thing. Um, I'd been in the military for a while. Um, I started a software company. I ended up selling that off, and then I was I was just kind of retired, you know, kind of for a while. And um, I I knew some people from college, um, some some of the guys in the football team in college and stuff like that. And I knew um, some guys from high school, and it just, uh, it, it was a a snowball thing where you know I had helped. Uh, some of those guys ended up going pro, and so like I. Uh, I'd help vet agents for them. So I just made connections of, you know, guys who were going to be in the league. And then I made the agent connections that way. And it just, I just kind of backdoored my way into it. And so what happened was, um, you know, I'm sitting around, you know, far around the house doing nothing. And I'm, I created a Twitter account and I'm seeing what Twitter's all about, you know, back in like 2009 or whatever. And uh, um, I noticed that there were people on there that were like breaking news, but I knew that it was like yes. crap. Like it was yeah. absolutely, I'm like, this is not true. I know this isn't true. Um, and that's just from talking to a drinking buddy. Right. And so like, I started, uh, like, I started just tweeting out like this, you know, like, uh, I think one of the first ones that I ever noticed was, and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but this is somebody that still works in the industry for CBS. And, uh, and I was like, this is totally fake. Like, this is totally false. This could not be more wrong. Right. Well, yeah. And so then like what happened was the thing that he was guaranteeing was going to happen didn't happen. And the thing that I said that was going to happen happened. And then all of a sudden that started getting some notice and, you know, uh, over the years, a few more things here or there, it just kept ballooning. And, uh, I had, uh, um, some, some friends of mine that ran a sports talk radio show, um, you know, down in Tampa at the time. And they were like, Hey man, you always got like this juicy info stuff. Why don't you come on for a segment, whatever. And so I came on and the program director there was like, Hey, you, you're just kind of a natural at this. You kind of get the radio thing. What we, what, what do you think about your own show? And, uh, so that, you know, one thing led to another, I wound up coming out to Denver in, uh, in 2012, uh, like any good story starts with a girl ends a disaster. And, uh, <laughs> I, um, uh, 
I, so, but when I came out here, it was kind of the same thing. I called into a sports talk show because they were talking about some draft thing. And I was like, this is absolute garbage. This is not what's happening. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to draft this guy. And um, they did the next day. And these guys were freaking out. So they were on the air, like begging me to call back. So I called back and then they invited me in the studio. And it's kind of the same thing happened. And so then they, they put me on at nights to kind of, you know, do a little radio and test it out. And all of a sudden we, we just had like, people love the show. People loved it, you know, love what we did. And so that's, that's more or less what happened. There's, there's some other things that happened in between there and, you know, people along the way, uh, I used to troll people online and stuff. And there've been people on the way that have written articles about all that kind of stuff and, and whatever else, um, you know, but it, as far as the rest of it goes, I mean, I, I kind of fell backwards into it. That's awesome. So it sounds like, you know, obviously you took the right steps, but you, you made the right connections, but it sounds like you just hustled your way, right? Like you just, the more it was, did you find that it was one of those situations where the more connections you made, the more that it sort of like multiplied your force yeah. in terms of what you could gather for knowledge is like, is that oversimplifying it? Or is that really like what it is? You just keep gathering these individuals and these relationships and then you build on them. Uh, it's exactly that. It really is. Um, and, and I tell everybody that wants to do this, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, and it is like, it's just, it's, it's who, you know, and what they'll, what they'll tell you, what they're willing to share with you and, um, and what you're willing to share with them. Like, you know, people use the term insider and I always hated that term. Although even now I actually work inside an NFL team's headquarters. So I guess, <laughs> yeah. it's not for the first time. But, um, like I always hated that term. Cause I was like inside of what, you know, what are you inside of, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But although, like I said, now I were actually work inside a team headquarters. So I guess it's apropos. I always call myself like an information broker. Cause that's kind of what yeah. I did. I would take like, you know, something from these agents and share it with this guy. And he would give me a little something and then share a little something with this player and share a little something with this guy who's, you know, and, and, and for me, once I started figuring out that this is something I wanted to like try my hand at and see where I was going, um, I started making friends with lower level guys. I didn't like jump yeah. into the Drew Rosenhausses of the world and the, you know, the Tom Telesco yeah. of the world. I started with lower level employees, man. I was just like, Hey, you know, here's what I'm hearing. This might help you out with your boss. Here's a little thing. What you got for me? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and so that, that it really worked. And as those guys grew up through the industry and got, you know, got better and better jobs and remembered me and I remembered them. And we, you know, we would trade things back and forth, you know, and that kind of stuff. And it's really been, um, it's been a lot of fun. And so now, like I'm, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this for me, it's more fun to kind of have my thumb on the scale just a little bit, you mm. know, like tiny bit on the scale. Like for instance, uh, um, there was a trade that occurred in the last draft that only occurred because of something that I had given somebody and they had given me something back oh, and crazy. it wound up and it wound up giving both teams star players, like what, what would become star players. Right. Um, so it worked out for everybody. So like kind of having a tiny little sliver of my thumb on the scale a little bit, like kind of makes me like, feel like I'm, you know, like I have a piece of this or something like that, even though it's, it's an inflated sense of self-worth. It totally is. But <laughs> at the same time, like it's fun, like, you know, like it is, it's a fun, it's a fun feeling. I don't know how to, how to describe that. No, you're in feeling. the mix. You're in the mix. You're, so you're like, I would describe it as like, it's, it's like, you're part of it. You're in it. You're like in the yeah. middle of what's happening and you get to be a part of that part of the process. That's cool. Cause yeah. everybody gets to see the rest. We don't get to see that. That's the part that's exciting. Right. And that's, that's the part that's exciting for me is being able to like the stuff, like one of these days, like, like 20 years from now, maybe I'll be able to write a book that won't get so many people in trouble, but you know, like, like the fun Throw stuff behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Then they see this and that's the last time I, uh, anybody. Yeah, that'll be your last source. Um, yeah. You'll be done. Um, 
but I mean, like that's 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 the rewarding part for me. Like the stuff I actually can't talk about, like that's the fun for me. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. why Twitter is so frustrating for me, is because I'm like, I know I'm on here saying trust me, bro, but there's a reason I'm on here saying trust me, bro. Like mm-hmm. I'm not just some yeah. I'm not just some a hole, you know, that's like making it up. Like uh, like this week there was this dude, and and I, I see this stuff all the time, you know, whether it's Dan Cilio or the the NFL Rums account yeah. or NFL football. You know, like I think we had this guy this week. Uh, what's his name? Michael Michael Balco. Um, the guy's he, he works at Chuck E. Cheese. He works in an arcade. Uh, he, he doesn't have anything to do with anything. And, he, and I, I know for a fact that he's making these stories up because I know in some of those stories, some of the people involved. And yeah. so I'm, I'm like, you don't you're not talking to anybody because those people aren't telling anybody that that's not what they're thinking. You know, like it's just one of those things where I know they're making it up. So, we, yeah. So that was one of those things like this week where I was just like, like, that's I think I spend more of my time doing that now publicly than I do talking about, you know, impending stuff that's happening in football, which is kind of a shame, but at the same time, like I want to help the people that really have it, you know, that don't know what they're yeah. doing, that don't know how to market themselves and weed out the people that, that suck like that. So yeah. I think that's What's the incentive, right. For like, <laughs> for the fake Twitter accounts or fake rumors. Like I, I do that with Alex, like, Oh, Hey, yeah. <laughs> I've got this news. <laughs> They're addicted to intention. That's what it is. Like, I, yeah. I will tell you that I will tell you from, from being on this side of it, it's addicting. Like that feeling is addicting. The first time you break a story, I'm telling you, you're sitting there with the, the, the firmest case of the tight cheeks you've ever had. <laughs> even if you know, even if you, even if you have it nailed for hundred percent, both sides, you got the whole thing. You're still sitting there like something's going to fall apart. I'm going to look like Chips an idiot. Are in. And Chips t- are in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're like stressing the whole time. So um, they, they get the, the rush. It's the rush. It's the attention. Yeah. And, and, and these people, they get addicted to it. They get addicted to people thinking that they have some kind of secret info kind of thing when they don't. Yeah. Is it uh, how challenging is it for you to protect sources and like make sure that you you kind of do both parts of that, right? Like you're protecting sources, you're providing info, you're brokering how, like, how, does that ever get sticky? Does that ever get hairy? And you just kind of like pull yourself out or is it just, you keep going with it and you kind of just do right by everybody? No, I, um, I, I goofed once, uh, cause I use a lot of voice to tweet and stuff like that voice to type, mm-hmm. uh, cause I'm on my car a lot. And so I goofed up once and I accidentally, um, fired off, uh, uh, a screen grab of an email without anything redacted. And I ended up deleting it like 12 seconds. But even in that 12 seconds, people had gotten it. Yeah. And uh, so I made on that one once. Most of the time, it's pretty easy, though. I'm pretty cognizant of stuff. I mean, I know everybody who's on Twitter sees, you know, they know that I drink, but I, I'm, I'm not a guy that goes out and just gets drunk. Yeah. So like I'm I'm usually in control. So I'm I never, you know, I, I don't really have a problem with doing stuff like that unless I just make a mess up like I did on that one. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, fans consistently like, you know, I, I look at the Broncos takes, right. And and everyone has an opinion about what's going on. Fans get things or they're, they're misinformed. What are, what are some of those things like the front office thinking about that fans don't realize like, Oh, and, and one of the points right now, right. Broncos are three and six and it's like fire hack it today. And, and you've been pretty, you know, consistent with like, this isn't college football. You're not trying to get a head start on recruiting. Um, you know, what what are some other things about like how a front office thinks that that fans don't realize? Um, I think front offices and teams tend to look at things uh years, seasons in a silo. Now, a general manager might be looking at the roster churn and contract extensions and stuff through like a four-year window. But the reality is most of these, most of these, these, these teams are thinking in terms of that year. And if you're three and six, you're still not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. 
So they're looking at it as, as, you know, we could still get there. You never know what's going to happen, those kinds of things. And so there's an, an internal certain sense of optimism, even when the fans are like, mathematically, this is unlikely. It's just not going to happen, you know, those kinds of things. So like with the Denver Broncos, I'm not saying that internally they're saying we're going to make the playoffs. I'm saying internally they're looking at this as like, we got to play the Raiders this week, who only have two wins. And we got the Panthers after that. That's a winnable game. We win both those games for five and six. And oh, by the way, right now we're two, we're two games out of the playoffs right now. Yeah. You know, so why are we trying to pack it in, tell all our players to, you know, to get bad hamstrings or bad backs, you know, so they're not playing. Why are we telling everybody to check out when we could still conceivably make the playoffs and Hackett could conceivably turn it all around? Now, do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. But teams look at it like I'm going to give this guy every opportunity and then go from there. It doesn't cost them anything. And I think there's there's a lot of misconceptions of fans. And, and a lot of this comes from just just hot take radio stuff. You know, you, you get the guys who who live on what, what I call rip radio, where they're, they're objective every day to rip the team, whatever angle they can come up with. They're going to mm-hmm. rip the team and they'll, they'll play to the outrage and try to get both both sides the listens. Right. Yeah. And, and so what you do is you, you get a misinformed fan base because these guys, everybody assumes that these guys on the radio know what they're talking about when half of them don't. Yeah. Um, and, and, and half might be generous. And then, you know, you, 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 they follow that and they're like, OK, well, this is what the team, well, we should all walk out. That'll show the team. Dude, they've already got your money. You pay for the tickets. Walking out of the games does nothing. And reality, <laughs> ticket prices don't really mean shit because broadcast rights are where they get their money. Oops, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to cut them. This is a family no. friendly. I need to. No, no, no. no. We, we've got the E. Families don't. Families <laughs> don't. Families don't like us. You're that fine. Much. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm so bad. So anyway, I'm, I'm trying to keep. It, I'm trying to keep it ready. No, you're good, right man. Now, you're good. Off. I won't um, put it on YouTube, but we'll. <laughs> No, they're ready for it. Complete me out, right? Um, (laughs) That's the thing, though. Like, all these fans are like, "Well, I'm just not going to pay for tickets and jerseys." I'm like, "Dude, you know how small a fraction of the of of the puzzle that that is." You know, if they see, it's embarrassing if they see empty seats on TV. Like, that's embarrassing to them. But the reality is, the money thing is, these guys just all hate losing. You've got a bunch of billionaires who are tops in their field, tops in the world in terms of money. Right. They're competitive people. They want to win, too. Some of them just don't know how because they let their egos get in the way. But walking out as a fan base or, you know, we're not going to buy tickets because radio guy told us nothing. That's the dumbest stuff ever. It just doesn't work like that. that doesn't it's not going to do anything. There's no impact. Yeah. They've been trying right. that in Washington for a while. I don't think it's going that's very what I'm well. Saying. Like, Dan yeah. Snyder laughed at you. He's like, I already got your money. What do you, yeah. what do you want me to do? <laughs> he literally told them that. <laughs> what? what, what, um, what are your, t- so this doesn't have to be a top three. It can be a top whatever. What are your favorite cities to go to? I assume you're traveling pretty regularly with the team, right? Um, yeah. Where are your favorite spots? What are your favorite NFL cities? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, everything has its own its own like thing everything has its own um its own draw so there yeah. are there's there's something for for every city you go to uh except cleveland no, i'm just kidding cleveland i, I wouldn't do that too. <laughs> yeah, um, cleveland a long time ago. Yeah, we, we lost them a few cleveland. podcasts ago cleveland's got some good fans i i'm they're, 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 they're <laughs> uh, uh, top cities man i it just depends i always love uh, i always have checking out the food wherever i go kansas city's always fun because i got great barbecue yep. um and i do that every year uh la's fun because it's los angeles you know uh-huh. the nightlife is fun um you know uh buffalo's fun because they just got a fun fan base like it yep. doesn't matter who you are you go to play up in buffalo they just got a fun fan base man they're cool people yep. um you know, New Orleans got great food. Um, you know, you you just Las Vegas is Las Vegas. I mean, there's there's something for me. It's more about just drawing the positive about wherever I am. You know, wherever I am, yeah. there I am. So like, make the best of it kind of thing. And I don't know that I have a top three per se, but uh, you know, going to Los Angeles every year. Yeah, I like that. It's a good answer, uh, Gibby. This one may actually. I'm hoping this one interve- in, intersects with your favorite part of the NFL season. 
Yeah. What is your favorite event, Ben, on the NFL calendar every year? Oh, man, I, I have more fun when the season ends doing like the draft circuit, uh, yep. going to the Senior Bowl, the Shrine right. Game, which aren't officially NFL things, but whatever, all the Shrine Game, I guess, is now. Yeah. Um, and, and the draft, like I have more fun on that because in season, if you're like a radio host, it's really easy to do content, right? Monday, you're reacting to the game that happened that weekend. Tuesday, you're putting a bow on it. Wednesday, you turn the page to start looking forward. Thursday, you're doing a great game preview. Friday, you're previewing the whole league. And the, the content builds itself. What separates people with actual talent is like when you get to the offseason and you don't have that stuff pre-programmed, how you how are you doing your content, right? And so for me, like I get up for that challenge. I enjoy that. I got a great radio partner. A guy named Ryan Edwards. The dude is, is like He's, he's awesome. And, uh, and we just kind of compliment each other yin and yang because we're almost polar opposites, but yeah. it works. And so for me, like, like the off season where we, we can go wherever we want with the conversation, I feel like is, is more fun to me. And the draft is always fun because it's all potential, right? It's mm-hmm. all potential. Everybody's going to be good. They're all going to be great. They're all going to be, you know, and versus, you know, the middle three quarters of the way through a season when you've got a team that's three and six. And now all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, uh, and, and, and trying to talk yourself through the rest of the season on that. So for me, and, and I like to have an optimistic view on everything i like the viewer you know because there's enough crap going on in the world man who wants to be negative all the time so like for me i'm always trying to look for and so for me like the draft process you're looking at dudes dreams like all these dudes have dreamed about this since they were kids right and so it's just there's there's a different there's a different vibe and i just love that vibe so our our goal um in 2024 is to get the media passes for for indianapolis (laughs) to to build one night in pinehurst large enough to to get to that scouting (laughs) combine so Hopefully well, we can yeah. go to St. Elmo's with you. Yeah, why not? Yeah, just, uh, remind me. Actually, I'll uh, I'll help you through that process. There's an easy way to do it. I'll I'll, I'll help you through it. I love that. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, no, uh, that's that's my absolute favorite. And and Maddie and I have been talking about like we started this podcast two months ago. Started with 13 listeners, and then 14, and then 15, and, and slowly, you know, we're 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 getting the like the hundred mark, and and it's exciting. It's a lot of fun. Um, and one thing that we have consistently done, Ben, that uh, we have to ask. So you're driving, you know, you got a rental car with with Ryan. Um, you guys are he's got to pump gas, and uh, you're or no, you've got to pump gas. He's got to run into the gas station. And he's, and you're like, I'm hungry as hell. I need something. What are you hoping he walks out of that gas station with? Well, this is unfair because I'm the one running the gas station. I'm not pumping the gas. That's him. Um, <laughs> well, so, then in that case, what are you coming out of the gas station with? Yeah, right, right, like right. You got like a uh, minute he, in there. I don't think Dealer's you're responsible enough. I leave the car running while I'm pumping the gas and he like freaks out about that. So now I don't get to pump the gas anymore. Um, you know, cause he thinks I'm going to blow us up or whatever. Uh, what am I hoping he comes out of there with? I don't know. A jug of vodka and, uh, you know, and, uh, and a bunch of energy drinks. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, if I'm coming out of there, I'm coming out. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming out of there with energy drinks. Uh, it depends on if they sell booze or not. Then yeah. Uh, and then snacks. I don't know. I usually like the kind bars. I got the, uh, okay. uh, the salt, the salty with the chocolate, you know, like I like yep. the chocolate with the salt. I love that. So, like for me, that's probably what I'm what I'm getting. Um, Ryan is a vegan, um, oh. so we did a, we actually yeah we had a special show on where we talked about him coming out as vegan to his dad and everything and how hard that was. <laughs> but, um, you know we have, uh, <laughs> we have we have um, so he's probably getting some some kind of plant based something or whatever yeah. you know and I'm probably messing with him about it but you know that that's probably how it how it goes down. That's awesome. That's our first kind bar, I think. Yeah, yeah. But they're delicious. They're awesome. Yeah. Um. So. As we wrap up, and, and thank you for the time today, um, wanted to kind of get your thoughts on 
indulge me for a second, Alex, Maddie. Mm-hmm. Where we see Broncos going, like second half. I know you mentioned right. We've got two winnable games coming up, then a couple games with the Chiefs. We've got Chargers at home. I feel like they they. I'm not a Chargers fan. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, so in the Ravens game scared me as, as the schedule came out, um, to begin with, but, um, what, what are your thoughts? What do you want to see from the team, either growth wise, obviously the offense, you know, has, has, has been a, a challenge to watch, but let you run from there. Well, I think you want, I mean, the obvious answer is more points. I mean, just period, just more points. They're the worst scoring team in the NFL and the best defense in the NFL. Right. Um, and that has that, that phenomenon has not occurred since the 1940s with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, where you had the, the, the absolute worst offense in the league and the best defense in the league at the same time, that phenomenon has just not occurred. Um, the, the opposite has occurred, uh, was what 2000, I think with the Rams, where they were the number one offense, yeah. and the worst defense. Uh, but I haven't, I haven't seen that. Uh, it's, it'd been the 1940s since, uh, uh, since you had the, the opposite occur, you got to score points. I mean, that, that's just what it is. You, you paid all this money, this quarterback, you brought in an offensive minded coach. This team's got to score. It's not like they don't have the pieces. I mean, Cortland Sutton is, is capable of taking over a game. Greg Dulcich looks like he could be something. You got enough running backs back there. Uh, even with Jerry Judy out, you still got Kendall Hinton. You saw Jalen Virgil's got world-class speed. They just won't put him out there to get him the ball. Um, so it's, you know, I, I, I score more points. I think this is the, the reductive answer. Um, I, I think if, if you're, if you want to get a little more into it, I think you say, why does the offense look so difficult every freaking play? Yeah. Why does yeah. it look hard? You know? Yeah. Why does this look difficult? You're, you're at the pinnacle of the sport. Why does this look difficult every play? It and does I, look I painful. You find, yeah. Yeah. You got to find the answer. To that. I mean, I, I mean, like you look at the tape, you can see the answer. It's just like you're you're running you're running concepts that take a long time to develop with an offensive line that can't block and a quarterback that doesn't have the quickest eyes in the world. I mean, Russ for all his talents has never been like a quick you know quick progressions guy. That's not his nope. game, right? Deep ball. And so you, you know, it's just not a match. What they're trying to do is just not a match. And so they need to figure something out where they either play to Russ's strengths or, 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 you know, what, but they, they just haven't done that. You can't have, you, you can't be an offense in the NFL, have the bye week come out of the bye week, have two weeks off and score 10 points against a defense. That's got five starters missing. Like you yeah. just, you can't do that. that that's incompetence, you know? Yeah. And so that, that, that's the problem. So uh, I, I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's going to be back in the year. I mean, he would have to do a real turnaround, make the playoffs at this point. Um, I know they, they, they hate one and duns and things like that, but, it's a real problem. Um, and, and they know it. he's, he's in over his head at this point and he won't give up play calling, which is, you know, uh, what saved Nick Sirianni, you know, Nick yeah. Sirianni was yeah. in the boat last year at the same time. And, and, and they were, they had a similar record and Nick Sirianni is like, I'm, I'm drowning here. I'm underwater. They're making fun of me nationally. Um, I'm, you know, what am I going to do here? And he's like, I've got to focus on being a head coach. And, and that's the thing about leadership, uh, is, is knowing when to delegate. And yeah. he turned it over to Shane Steichen and you've seen what's happened since. The Eagles are, are on fire. I mean, I know they lost to Washington, but they're on fire. Shane Steichen is the hottest name in, in, in coaching. He's going to be a head coach after the season. Um, you know, Nick Sirianni also looks like a genius uh, yep. for a guy who was about to be run out of town last year. And, and and for some reason, Nathaniel Hackett won't do that. And he didn't stack his offensive staff with guys that he could do that with. Yeah. You know, Clint Kubiak has the most experience right? on that staff. Clint yeah. Kubiak's got one more play calling. Right. Yeah. Everybody else on that staff has no NFL experience. Right. They they've got none. Um, well, so, so you know, like, versus the defense that has Dom Capers. So that's sort of the problem. Yeah. So well, in in one last point, like Evero seems like you know that defense is humming, and you know I I know some of it right when Simmons was healthy, and I know that hasn't been a lot this year, and that's a rare occasion for him. He he's missed so few games over his career, but like 
I'd, I'd be surprised if, if Sertain isn't like regarded as the best cornerback going into year three of his career next year um, in the league. But so Evero, getting back to my point, seems like a logical next candidate, or is he going to be a head coaching candidate? And Matt, Matty's been texting me every week. He's like, just give him the job. Give him the job now. Well, if nothing's working, right? If the offense isn't working, I don't know. I don't know what his background is, but like if the offense isn't working and you got to shake it up, it's, it's just like you mentioned earlier, Ben, too, like Sirianni, he gave play calling up, but they also built that offense around the pieces they had. They built it to Jalen Hurts' strength, just like the Dolphins built to Tua's strength. And now they've got an offense that no one's ever seen this kind of offense like we had in Miami. It's two burners, yak monsters. Nobody knows how to cut. Like the concepts they're running, defenses cannot figure it out. So I don't know. I just think like it's very obvious, like you said, that Hackett's over his head. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but like he's very clearly not prepared for this. So like, what do you have to lose? But to your point, it rarely happens mid-season unless it's the second or third season for that coach. I feel like it never happens in the first year. Yeah, the last time it happened in season, in the first season, and it was team-driven, uh, would have been the Niners right before they hired Bill Walsh, the guy before they hired Bill Walsh. Uh, and 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 he had a presser, actually, uh, in, in which uh, somebody asked him, you know, were you surprised you were fired? And he's like, I haven't been surprised about anything since I found out they didn't fill ice cream cones all the way to the bottom. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you know, he's a funny guy. Yeah, you've had Lou Holtz and, and, uh, and Bobby Petrino and Urban Meyer. Now, Meyer was a different situation, obviously, because of the firing. Bobby Petrino and Lou Holtz resigned, uh, you know, their situation. So you just, you just don't see it that often with the first year, you know, you just, you just don't get that. Now uh, in this particular case, um, I think if he, if he'd lost Jacksonville, I know he, he would have been let go um, because they had the bye week to prep for that. In this particular case, the reason they don't want to promote Evero right now is because they want to retain control of him. Unless someone else offers him a head coaching gig, they can retain him as defensive coordinator based on uh, his contract. But if they bump him to interim, then they lose that control because the title, right, because right. the title bump. So right now, the idea would be if you do fire Nathaniel Hackett in season, you would make Dom Capers the interim head coach, and you probably bring Clint Kubiak up and make him the offensive play caller. Uh, and then that, that that changes things up from there. So um, in terms of uh, in terms of what you're doing, that's that's where you go. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes okay. sense. Well, yeah. thank you for indulging me, Alex Matty. I didn't want to go too deep. No, that's what we were here for. Broncos uh, fandom, but um, but. Ben, thank you so much for taking the time with us yeah, man. Uh, today. It was really fun to get some like inside baseball here and uh, learn a little bit more about the profession, about you know the ins and outs, and and what you're seeing um, on your side of the fence too. So uh, we we really appreciate it. Thank you, and yep. uh, good luck with with the rest of the charity event and getting the turkeys out for for folks and uh, doing great work out there. Yeah, man. Thank yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate you guys having me. No, no, no. I appreciate you guys having me. I hope to do it again. Let's uh, let's do it again sometime. Let's do it. Let's do it. Love it. Thanks, man. Get ready for the draft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely. And hit me up. I'll get. I'll, we'll get those media passes scored away. All right. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Right. Bye. Gibby, we're going to the combine. Thank you.